Okay, hi Parkson. Hi Hafiz. Well, yes, this is sir. our very first uh, book club episode and uh, I'm so excited to get into the book. What's the title yeah. of the book? Well, the title of the book is quite long but very meaningful. How to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Wow, this that's really by, a long title. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a very old book. I, I can show you how old it is. You see all the yellow uh, oh, right. you know, marks on my... Uh, because my wife bought this book when our kids were still very young. And she read it, I think, fully. Uh, I just listened uh, and get a summary <laughs> of the book. But now, because of this podcast, I'm forced to read. And I like, I love it so much because just one chapter, I learned so much. And it's very practical book. And the, the, how the book is structured is so so interesting. Right? They, they, they have comics, you know. Uh, oh, and yes. they really, yeah. And they're really based on real experience of themselves as parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started mm-hmm. uh, parent groups and then uh, get questions and uh, problems, mm-hmm. real problems from parents. You know? uh, and uh, they're not shy to say that uh, the problems are difficult. But at the same time, um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of suggestions. And more importantly, there is, uh, uh, what do you call it, Worksh- not worksheets, but exercises for us to do uh, for our own reflections in the book. Yeah, you're right. You know, this book is really practical. Uh it doesn't have all those, you know, psychological mumbo jumbo, <laughs> you know. But it 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 does, uh, you know. They they really use almost real life situations, and I'm sure they are probably, you know, situations that these two authors have uh, encountered personally, or they have heard from other parents because they work very well with. I mean, they work a lot with other parents as a kind of parenting experts and parenting coach. Uh, in fact, this book is dubbed the ultimate parenting Bible by the Boston Globe. Wow, that's a very high <laughs> compliment to be given, you know, parenting Bible. I mean, that means everybody should read it. And uh, I'm so glad that we started with this book. Uh, the authors, yeah, yeah, like, yeah hmm. like Bibles or holy books, uh, they <laughs> last a long time. And this book was first published in 1982. <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> all right. I, mean, I was in still secondary school. <laughs> Mm. I was probably a, still a teenager, 12 years old at that time, you know. That's right. And I doubt That's my right. parents read this book, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to go slow on this book because it's such a practical and full of good wisdom and uh, advice. And the most important thing about a book club is not just about reading the book, but it's about doing it, about putting what you learn into practice. So we're going to just do chapter one in this episode and we're going to, you know, as a book club, we'll meet on the first week, uh, first Wednesday in October, of course, virtually. And then we will begin to go deeper into it and sharing uh, in our very personal ways about how this can apply to us. So chapter one teaches parents how to deal with their children's feelings and the authors wants parents to know that when kids feel right, they will behave right. And the way to help them feel right is by accepting their feelings. All right. Sounds simple. (laughs) But how do we actually do it? Practice. And practice (laughs) and practice. And don't give up because you have a group to depend on. So that's why the book club is so important. Uh, It's a community of uh, parents who face the same challenges. (laughs) Mm, That's right. That's right. So what the authors were trying to 
impressed upon us is that, you know, when we are not accepting our children's feelings, that means we are either dismissing or disapproving of them, you know. And uh, I, I've this two words, dismissing and disapproving, it's very familiar to me because I, I also uh, have been uh, trained in the emotion coaching by Dr. John Gottman. And he also talks about dismissing and disapproving parents. And so let, let's just kind of help our listeners understand these two uh, types of parenting styles. So dismissing and disapproving is, for example, just use examples of, you know, a conversation between a child and a parent. So a child might say, I'm nervous about the test tomorrow. And the parent replies by saying, well, don't worry, you can do it. You have it, you know, and you have to. <laughs> so that, that's a dismissive kind of a response by a parent. You know, so totally ignoring, totally disregarding, uh, and even you know trivializing how the child is feeling. So I'm sure we we do that a lot. Can you remember times that when you have done that? Yeah, yeah, I am guilty of of those things. Um, <laughs> especially when you have several kids, you kind oh, of expect yes, the of same them, huh? kind of uh, things. And then you become very judgmental. Ah, oh, I've heard this before. And uh, you know how to do it. You know, this is way step one, step two, step three. Mm. But by giving solutions, we are not actually helping at all. So understanding their emotions. The first step is to understand their emotions so that they see us as un understanding. And therefore, they will start listening to us. Because we always focus mm -hmm. on, you kids, man, listen to us, man, listen to us. But we don't listen to them. That's right. That's right. Another example, which is very common, I, I, I remember this, you know, I've done this so many times. When the child says, oh, I can't walk anymore, I'm tired. And then the parent might say something like, don't be lazy. Oh, that's not just dismissing, that's disapproving, you know. It means you are actually scolding the child and, you know, and blaming the child, accusing the child of being lazy when he's trying or she is trying to tell you, I am tired, you see. And so can you imagine how the child would feel uh, if, you know, the parent responds in this way, right? Totally disregarding, totally not validating. The, the word here is validating, which means to give importance, all right? Uh, so when a child says, I'm tired or I'm afraid, um, parents need to validate that emotion, that feeling, all right? Because our feelings, you know, it, it's very different from opinion. Everyone has their opinion. But if you disagree with my opinion, I'm quite okay with it. I mean, we have learned to say something like, let's agree to disagree. But my feelings and I are one, you know, and if you disagree with my feelings, uh, it's very different from disagreeing from my, with my opinion because how I feel, no one can deny actually. But if you don't agree with it and you say that, oh, you're wrong to feel this way, uh, it really, you know, hurts very deeply. So I think that's the main reasons why parents need to learn this skill of paying attention to the feelings of their children. And the book gives very, um, uh, what do you call that, step-by-step -step, uh, way how do we respond and how we respond uh, defensively or dismissively and how we should respond if you are empathetic to our kids. Mm. So example, most most of the time we half listen. So there's a comic in that uh, in that book 
you know, while the father is watching TV, you know, and the kids come, you know, somebody is bullying me or what, something like that. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, while he's talking to the kid, he's watching, still watching the TV. That's okay? right. So you only half listen. So first step is to be present. Face the mm. child, you know, look at his body language and feel that he is being uh, listened to. And most of the time, we not only that, no have listened, but we react mm-hmm. immediately. And that is always the uh, tendency that we do, right? Instead of listening, we react, start giving solutions, start questioning, sometimes interrogatively, and uh, giving advice. But mm. I think what they, uh, the book tells us to do, or the author tells us to do, is acknowledge. You know, if just That's sometimes, right. oh, mm, you know, shows that you are listening and you are acknowledging their feelings. And to deny mm-hmm. the feeling, we always deny. And we say that, yeah, it's what you mentioned just now, right? No, no, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's no problem. You know, the test is uh, going to be easy, you know. Uh, but what we need to do is name the feeling. I think this is so there's an exercise in the book. Uh, because most of us, I think we uh, maybe lack of vocabulary or even uh, not able to see, uh, see the feeling and describe it in a, you know effective way. So they give examples how to name feelings because once you name feeling, the feeling come out like a a thing, and mm. both of you can see it and therefore be able to deal with it. It's not hidden uh, uh, below uh, below it, you know. And the other one is like most of us, you know, men, eh, we like to give solution, lose, use logic, we explain, and lo and behold, they're not interested to listen to our solutions. What they want to hear is. It's possible. It's possible for me to overcome this. So they use this word, uh, uh, fantasy. Fantasy. Give give them a fantasy that uh, they can overcome uh, the problem. You know, show something uh, big that they can uh, overcome in terms of uh, uh, the end goal that they can achieve. And uh, all this boils down to me attitude. You know, whenever our kids mm. come to us, what's our attitude? Are we there to uh, give solution? Are we there to uh, you know just uh, find their, you know, weakness or we want them to solve their own problem. And by solving mm. their own problem, they're able to go through that process and find their own answers. This is very powerful. Yeah. Let's let's go through that four steps. Uh, what, what you've just gone through are actually four steps in case people missed it. <laughs> let's go through them one by one. So starting with listen with full attention, you know, and I, I, I put it very simply this way. Stop I mean, stop whatever you're doing, look, turn to your child and look your child in the face instead of into your phone or into the TV or into your book, whatever you're reading, right? Put down everything you're doing and look into your, your child's face and then listen. You know, in fact, I want, I, I've learned this phrase is listen with your whole face, right? Because you need to you know, not hide your face, for example, behind the phone and then try to only listen because, you know, there are some studies in, and of course people disputed that only 7 or 17% of communication is made of words and the others includes uh, body language. So you're not getting the full message that your child is trying to communicate to you if you're only listening but not looking. So stop, look and listen. So that's step number one. And I think that that's a, that is the very first step we need to, the habit that we need to break. 
because we, we often just listen, right? And then for fathers, what we what we normally say is, uh, okay, mm-hmm, uh-huh, go ask mommy. <laughs> <laughs> then mommy say, ask daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, oh, go ask grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> then they're confused and they're ah, next time I don't ask them, I just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do it. Yeah. So that, that's step number one. Listen, you know, look, listen with full attention. All right. And uh I, I think we, we do the same, right? I mean, especially for those with teenagers, when parents are trying to talk to their teenagers, teenagers will just continue doing whatever they're doing, you know, on the phone, on the computer, watching TV, and parents will feel is he is he really listening to me? And then we will reach a point where we will just you know shout to the child, look at me when I talk to you. Right? I, have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sometimes. And then sometimes we, we, we react the same, you see. No, no, I'm listening. Then you fall into this hole <laughs> in which you can never come out. Right? Yeah. So I thought of this technique very important. Whenever you I mean, you're busy doing something, because it's always the case, right? You're busy people. Right, and then your child come to you. Mm. Okay, when you want to face them, just take a deep breath, because sometimes when you take that deep breath, oxygen goes to your brain, and not so much that that brain that needs the oxygen, and you become uh, you know that frontal prefrontal cortex. Like, it's the awareness, you become mm. aware of your situation better, right? And then you become rational actually, and being rational is very important when you uh, talk to people, right? Uh, not being emotional, not being reactive. So that's one way probably you know. No, just take a deep breath, you know, and uh, and slowly. Of course, you don't sigh until they say, you know, when you sigh, there, there are two, two ways. Uh. One is, <sighs> not again. There's a, there's a bad <laughs> sigh, all right? Yeah. But sighing actually helps you to uh, recharge. So when you breathe in, don't, don't make that noise. Slowly breathe in, deep breathe in, and slowly breathe out without any sound, okay? So you can that uh, calmness <laughs> in all the you know uh, you know so-called uh, chaos that sometimes comes to you mm-hmm. with, yep. uh, with no yep. uh, you call so-called uh, what do you call it warning <laughs> that's right and and very often we get triggered you know when our child brings up a certain subject or you know comes complaining to us sometimes as parents we get triggered immediately you know because this has happened again and again and so we kind of say oh here we go again so we need to be mindful and watchful for these kind of reactions because it, it sends unintentionally wrong messages to our kids, telling them that we are not interested, uh, you know, we are frustrated, we are angry with them because of all these things. And then one fine day, you know, they will stop coming to us and we wonder, why? <laughs> why is my child no longer telling me things, right? So listen carefully, watch your emotion, your own emotions, And step two, acknowledge their feelings with a word, you know, oh, mm, I see, all right? Uh, Because very often when children come to us, they they do express their emotions, actually, uh, but they might not have the vocabulary, especially, you know, for very young kids. They will come and tell you, you know, use very common words like, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, oh, why must he be like that, you know? Those are actually emotion words. Those are feeling words. But because they do not have the vocabulary, they use, you know, they will describe what they're feeling, you know. And so we need to be able to, to, to catch it. We need to be able to decipher it, all right, and then acknowledge their feelings. Yeah, to enter someone's feelings is not easy. 
but when you really match your feelings with them, it becomes uh, very much effective in communication because they will realize that actually hey, we are at the same level, okay? That you're not the high you know, parent who is trying to talk down and have all the solutions. You empathize and you are able to start um, you know, listening. And then when they know that you're listening, they become open. And mm. when they become open, they will think of something to uh, solve the problem you know, that they can probably solve themselves. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's about acknowledging, well, you, you might not have to feel what they're feeling, all right, but at least to, to notice that your child has and is struggling with some feelings. And, you know, and that's why they're coming to you because you know, they're basically looking for help to feel better. Everybody wants to feel better. So when children are struggling with strong emotions, you know, they will come to somebody that they believe can help them sort out their feelings and make them feel better, you see. And so that's what we are there for. But if we do not acknowledge, we do not notice that what they're feeling and we just brush them aside or brush their feelings aside and say, well, you shouldn't be feeling that way, you know. Oh, that's no big deal. Why, why do you make such a big thing out of this? Uh, then gradually, you know, they will say, well, it, it's no longer helpful to go to mommy or daddy because, you know, they just, they're just not interested, you know, to know what I'm feeling. And so step number three is to give their feelings a name. And I think this is where parents also need to uh, learn and expand their emotional vocabulary because uh, our vocabulary in terms of emotions are actually very limited. I think you agree. We, we know angry, we know sad, we know, you know, frightened, we know, uh, what, what's the other one? Mad, glad, sad, scared, no, sad, okay. Uh, so basically these are the four, but uh, actually there are many, many more, okay. Uh, some people say there are 27 or 25 different types of emotion. But if you Google and you look for the emotion wheel, for example, oh, there are something like 50 different types of emotions, all right? So anger, for example, anger can be subdivided into different things like infuriated, like, you know, indignant, all right? Uh, so different degrees of your anger has a word by itself. Of course, you know, we don't, we don't uh, expect any parent to teach a, a five-year-old <laughs> all the different degrees of anger, all right? But as parents, it's good for us to expand our vocabulary and slowly help our children also to expand the emotional vocabulary so that as they grow, they will be able to articulate and express their, their emotions accurately through words so that people can understand them. Yeah, the emotion wheel is very, very useful because I, I was uh, looking at uh, abuse relationship. You know, it doesn't matter abuse of... Uh, partner or even children, um, the, the ability to express your emotion uh, in, in, in terms of words uh, is very important so that you don't resort to physical uh, way. And, and mm. I think uh, there's homework for those of you attending the book club, you know, just, just Google it. But there's another homework probably, you know, we don't have time to do all this uh, in this podcast. But if you look at page 19, hopefully this, uh, the edition is correct. My, mine is old edition. Uh, there are about um, three, let me six situation in which uh, you know uh, of uh, how kids come to us may come to us with uh, an emotion, and then we are supposed to acknowledge their feeling and and use diff and uh, the statement has to show that we understand the feeling. Okay, so the th trick is don't give, don't question, 
or don't give advice is to react in a way that you must uh, show them that they un you understand their feeling so bear in mind in the in the book club we will discuss what will be uh, your your uh, answers to those uh, situations wow homework already <laughs> yeah homework because i'm supposed to be the facilitator and i don't do much talking i want the others <laughs> to participate do the talking and i'm All sure right. that will you benefit a lot from that okay i'll be ready now step four is very interesting um it says, give them their wishes in fantasy. So just to help people understand, uh, this was the example given in the book, you know. Um, so the child says, I want my toasty crunchies. I guess this is some uh, American cereal or, or, or snacks, you know. And the mom says, well, I wish I had some in the house for you. And then the child says, I want them, I want them. And the mother says, oh, I hear how much you want them. I wish I had them now, the child says. And the mom says, I wish I had the magic power to make a giant box of toasty crunchies appear. Uh, now, this sounds very American to me, which is okay. I mean, the authors are from America anyway. So I, I think this one is a bit hard for us Singaporeans because we don't normally talk that way. All right. But I think the, the goal here is all right, not to just simply tell the child, Sorry, we don't have, you know, just got to wait the next time, you know. Uh, but it's just to soften the whole thing so that the child also sees that, you know, you, not only do you notice and acknowledge their feelings and their desires, but you are also trying your best to give them what they are looking for, all right? Trying your best doesn't mean that you are obligated to give it, you know, to, to use magic, for example, to make something appear right in front of you, okay? Uh, so I, I guess the goal here is to be able to somehow soften it and to let the child know that, you know, you, you, you know what they want, you hear them, and you, you know, you are doing your best and you will try your best to make it happen, but certain, certain things are just not possible. Yeah, but sometimes it can be, I mean, I, my own experience, uh, when I have kids, right? When there are something which is uh, not there, uh, I will try to distract them and hopefully they, you know, come to their senses. Uh. Sometimes it works, mm. sometimes it doesn't. So, but what, what is this thing, thing to tell you is that uh, there are other options, actually, that uh, they probably want, you know, and, and they just uh, want something which to them, it's, uh, yeah, it's an ideal case. Like most of us, you know, how we wish we want, we want things which out of our reach. And we can we can relate to that kind of emotion, right? And another day for us adults, I think we can probably uh, go down to earth a bit, you know, because you know we not we probably have said that you know we don't have the money to get that, you know, and so on. But drive this thing about you are you actually uh, understand and uh, feel a bit of compassion for their uh, for the expression of emotion, and that I think need practice. And uh, another day is about the attitude, right? that we right. uh, wish that they can get what they want, like what we wish what we want to get most of the time. But we need to um, bring them, you know, to a place in which, okay, if I don't get that, I can live with something else, you know, which is easier, uh, not so big, but I I'll be happy because of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the word is compassion, which the authors also use, you know. It's, they say that if our attitude is not one of compassion, then whatever we say will be experienced by the child as phony or manipulative. Wow, that's a very, very powerful statement. <laughs> phony or manipulative. Wow. I think yeah, we don't and want to read, right? I mean, children, they are, they are 
we, we yeah, they're actually smarter than what we think. Uh, they actually can read us. They, they uh, can sense it. Yes, they can sense <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. If we are trying to, you know, play tricks. I mean, depends on the age, right? A certain age, they can can sense, and uh, we we cannot use the same technique uh, as when mm. they were younger. You know, as they grow, and I think also all these uh, solutions, we have to look at the age of the kids. You know, and and uh, apply it uh, where uh, it is uh, it's relevant for at their age. That's right. And so, chapter one is about you know advising parents, telling parents that you know it's important for parents to notice, to validate, to acknowledge the what the child is feeling when they come to you with certain complaint, you know, or certain help or certain need. You know, first of all, to acknowledge their notice their feelings. So. Uh, maybe you can call it empathize or things like that. So a question that would come to the minds of many parents is, is it important that I always empathize with my child? Always. That means I need to do it all the time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a limit you know, to, to everything because uh, you must look at the situation, right? If you always say uh, the same thing every time, it becomes so predictable and it won't work and you're not being honest. Sometimes you just cannot allow there's a limit to certain things, and uh, and this has to be done casually, right? It cannot be done like you know so autom you know so uh, artificially, and uh, when the the time for empathy comes, you know how how it feels, right? And uh, is the negative? I think according to the book, is the negative uh, emotions that require attention. You know, I think when we react positively, I think everything is alright. It's when suddenly the <laughs> negative emotion come in. That's where you know the empathy button must be must be pressed, you know. That's right. Uh, that, that's, that, right. that's where I think the change will happen. I think we need to be realistic also that you know we we parents we are also humans. We do have our good days and our bad days. Certain days we are just swamped and you know we feel emotionally drained. And so when our children comes to us and you know showing all those very strong feelings, we 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 might not be in the right frame of mind to address them and to really you know pay attention to them. So we do we do slip up once in a while. But I guess you know so to to be uh to be realistic and not to set un you know unachievable expectations and standards is to you know tell parents that. Uh, we try to do this as much as we can, all right? That means we need to make it a, a habit to practice and practice and practice, but we will slip up once in a while, and that's okay. I think our children are resilient enough uh, to be able to look past the times that we did not pay attention to their feelings, we dismiss them or we disapprove of them, uh, but if that is kind of maybe 10, 20% of the time, I think that's still okay. If so long as we are doing it, uh, paying attention to their feelings and validating their feelings most of the time, yeah. And another question that I think um, many parents will ask is, you know, uh, or parents will say is, I understand how you feel. I think that's not just to children. We also, you know, quite often say that to other people, adults. You know, I understand. How you feel? Anything wrong with that statement or that kind of response? I think it's too general, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you always say the same thing and not describe, you know, what you really understand, then it becomes, uh, you know, so artificial. So it's about describing that feeling 
you know, and uh, be able to let that feeling out. So, for example, uh, I know you feel angry, okay? Uh, I mean, you from from the anger actually shows that you are you think the thing is very important to you, and that's why you're angry, right? You know, you, that anger is just a symptom. It is not the actual feeling of the 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 the, the thing that caused. So we need to look beyond even the cause of the anger, mm. and then when you validate, then the person say, yeah, it's not. I mean, anger is just the 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 outward thing that you see, but actually to him it's very important, and you you highlight that you know oh that means um having your friend you know to to uh be with you, um and and tell you that uh, things are okay with you uh, is important. It's not that they he was too frank to you and you're angry because he tell you uh your mistakes. You know, mm. it's just that being a friend, uh, he really care for you, and is that important to you? Yeah, of course it's important to me. I also care for him. So it becomes you distract him from the anger. It becomes something that he believe uh, and realize that actually uh, he's angry because of something else. Yep, yep. That's that's possible also, right? Because you know, uh, sometimes when we when we talk to ourselves, right, <laughs> we we discover oh. Actually, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know, so the answer is not just out there. The answer is actually in us. So the book does also talk about that, you know, and when you allow children to just talk, you know, and just uh, express whatever they are thinking and feeling, um, very often you find that they come to their own solutions. You know, you don't even have to offer them any solutions. They will just realize, oh, you know, I think I should do this instead of that. Okay, so that's a very interesting. I I can't remember if I ever seen that happening in my children yet. I maybe I just can't remember, you know. But saying I understand how you feel, it's a very natural way for us to respond, you know. But the danger is this: the danger is that you think that you understand how they feel, but maybe you don't. So maybe the better thing to do is just to say, you know, well, I can see that you feel this. All right, whether it's anger or sadness or fear or anxiety, all right, just just to say, you know, I can see that now because there's also a possibility that you might identify the feeling of your child wrongly. That means, uh, you know, we are not experts. We are not some kind of a feeling emotion detector that we are always one hundred percent correct, right? Uh, so we can make mistakes, all right, and so. Sometimes a child can correct us and says, no, that's not what I'm feeling. Well, then good. So it'll always be open for correction. All right. Uh, that means, you know, you just say to your child, you know, am I right? You know, or, you know, are you feeling this? All right. I can imagine that you are feeling this way when this thing happened. And then allow the child to clarify or to correct you, you see. And then, okay, so now that we have identified the real feeling, then, okay, let's see how we can cope with it or how to manage it or how to soothe yourself so that you will not continue to feel that way. Now, one final point is that, you know, uh, when we accept, when the book says we accept our children's feelings, it's not the same as accepting their behavior, all right? So their behavior may be unacceptable. But let's put the behavior aside first because for a child, when they are showing such strong emotions, whether it's anger or fear or sadness, they are not 
the, the thinking part of the brain, you see the brain has two so-called two parts. One is the thinking part and one is the feeling part. And for a child, the feeling part of the brain usually hijacks the thinking part of the brain. And this can easily happen among adults too, all right? especially when we have not learned, we do not have the skill or mastered the skill of something called emotional self-regulation. And so for children, they're still learning. And, and therefore, as, as parents and adults, our job is to train them and to show them how to do it. So when a young child you know, comes to you with a lot of emotions, don't try to reason things out. You know, don't try to tell them, you know, oh, this behavior is wrong. And, and some children will even slap the parent, for example, beat the parent, you know. Uh, okay, that's unacceptable behavior. We deal with that later. The advice here is deal with the emotion first, right? Because you need to help the child to calm down to the point where they can engage the thinking part of the brain again. Then when the thinking part of the brain is engaged, that's where you can now educate the child about what was the unacceptable behavior and what he or she can do instead in the future. So this, this is a very important point for parents to understand because uh, the parents might get the idea that, oh, you know, so if we have to acknowledge the emotion of the child and agree with the emotion and identify the emotion and everything else, you know, we don't have to pay attention to. Uh, no, this is just step one of, you know, a, a multi-step uh, approach to helping, you know, to communicating effectively with our own children. Yeah, I think uh, just to uh, end this uh, podcast, right? I think this book uh, start right to me, okay? Before talking about the other techniques about communication, you know, they talk also about uh, cooperation, you know, uh, how to think of uh, alternatives way as other than punishment and about praising children, you know, and, and so on. Uh, it talks about emotions first, you know, and uh, when that is being uh, approached correctly, the attitude is right, the rest will then come to place. And I think this is what is lacking in, in many of our parenting, right? Especially fathers. Uh. Okay, we, we have to first uh, connect with our emotions. And I think that is another another uh, book for us to, uh, to to talk about. You know, there is, uh, I think, the list there are. Uh, we talk about how to handle stress and so on. So we need to get in touch with our emotions first. And then we can uh, touch other people's emotions. Well, this has been the We Are That's 2 podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us so that you will not miss any future episodes. Also, do let your fellow dads know about this podcast. If you would like to react to what you have heard today, just head to one of our social media platforms. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can email us at wearedads2 at gmail.com. Till the next time, this is Hafiz and Parkson saying bye-bye. Yeah, see you in the first book club. On the-